Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Right, quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train. Whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag, you can keep your phone close to your chest. And uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You know more do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on. Phones there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So, yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys, everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training. And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor. And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off an amazing vest from Free Train. www.freetrain.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about. Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors, with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. 
Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me as ever, my co-host Blake Harrison. Good morning. Yeah, morning mate. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's uh, the sun is shining today, and uh, and the dust is starting to settle on uh, UFC 267. But the action is just around the corner. 268 within a matter of days. Within a matter of days, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. For them to have done two numbered events. Did you just do a little burp then? I did do a little burp. Did you actually hear it or did you just see (laughs) me coming on? I've got my headphones on. No, I just got a little rumble in my ears. (laughs) Sorry to everyone that's listening that just heard a little rumble. It's not an earthquake, it's Blake's gastoral system. Gastoral? I don't know, that's not a word, is it? I like it. Gastoral. That's just what we call it. Um, But uh, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Like one week after another, two huge numbered events for the Mm. UFC. That's really exciting stuff. And as you say, we've got our post-267 episode is out. If you haven't listened to that already, you might want to quickly have a listen to that. And we discussed mm-hmm. everything from Glover's fairy tale to the dominance of Amzat Shemaev and Makachev and... Uh, the sad... And Kisilev. And Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Kisilev, the ref. Jesus Christ. Let's hope there's nothing like that coming up anytime soon. Mm. But uh, yeah, Lerone Murphy's knee. All of that. We chat about all of it. But today mm. is all about UFC 268. Usman versus Covington 2. Oh, this is a great card as well. It's a great card. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's happening at Madison Square Garden. I'm not sure exactly what time of day it's on in the UK because uh, obviously it's New York, not Vegas. It's and there's New a York. time difference there. New York, uh, not uh, Vegas. So uh, it's slightly different. You can tell time. you're an actor. Your, your accent was way better than mine then. Well, to be fair, it fucking should be. I mean, I've been to drama school for like three years and shit. <laughs> it's your job, isn't it? It's my fucking job, mate, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so, Usman Covington 2. I, l- I think you're looking up times now of when it might be on. I don't know. I just saw you yeah, clicking on stuff on your computer. I can't see it. I was, but, yeah. Um, but it's, but it's I think not, it might be slightly funny. earlier than the usual, like, 3am main card, but who knows. Um, but should we start at the top? Should we start at the yeah. main event? What what are your thoughts on, firstly, do you think this is the right fight for the welterweight division? And secondly, how do you think the fight's going to go? I'm happy with this fight. Um, I have no issue uh, with it. I, I do think there's, you know, there's, there's, there's other people in that division that... I don't know. Are, are you... Way to sit on the fence there, Stu. Way to sit on the fence, mate. Oh, yeah, I'm just... No, I'm not. I'm, I'm happy with this fight. Um, and how do I see it going? Um, I imagine it's not going to be a lot different from the last fight. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be quite a grueling match. And I think as much as he's a douche, uh, Colby's really good. Really, really yeah. good. And, and I think... <clears throat> He obviously contested the stoppage last time. And so, you know, and what we do get, as we touched on in the in the post 267, is we're going to get some, I imagine, some fireworks and some grade A chat in, in you know, in the media days leading up to this. Uh, and I the think grade A's a stretch. I don't think <laughs> either of them are great at the trash talk. I think they like to talk a lot, particularly Colby, but I don't think it's yeah. like he's not coming out with zingers. No, no, I mean, but uh, and that's. 
I just, I think he's realised obviously a long time ago that people don't necessarily like him. So he's going to play the bad guy, and he's really good at it. He's really good at it because I think if I look at the whole of the you know the the, the UFC roster, there's no one I'd like to see punch square in the face more than Colby Covington. <laughs> and, uh, Fa- famously been <laughs> described by Stu Whiffin as a melt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you if you looked up Mel and there was like, if you Google Mel and images, I'm sure on the first page there'd be a picture of Colby Covington. Definitely. Um, uh, big fan of Usman. Um, he's just got better and better and better. Oh, and 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 I, I'd love to see him stop him again. Um, but I I I think this one might go go the distance. Um, I think the last one looked like it was going to go the distance. The stoppage, I kind of agreed with it at the time, but I don't know. In in hindsight, maybe I just wanted that stoppage because he's such a melt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, well, I, everything aside, it, it has every, every ingredient to be an absolute belter of a fight. Yeah, I mean, I've gone back and forth with it, to be honest. I... People that have heard me talk about this fight previously on this podcast, I, I, I've said, I don't think Colby has earned the rematch. And I'll stand by that. Leon mm. Edwards has been putting together win after win after win after win. Mm. Colby was beaten by Usman, what, like two years ago or whatever the hell it mm-hmm. was. Since then has fought Tyron Woodley. And we've all seen what's happened to Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting a title shot. That's all he's done. Um, all he's done is beaten Tyron Woodley. Like... Who hasn't beaten Tyron Woodley since, you know, the Usman fight? I know it's a stupid statement if you take it literally, but my point being, Leon Edwards was supposed to fight Woodley in March of 2020, but the, the pandemic got in the way of that. Do we really look back on that now? Seeing what's happened to Tyron Woodley against Burns, against Colby, against Jake Paul, against Luke, do we really think Leon wouldn't have absolutely pieced him up in that fight? Of course he would have done. So I don't see how a win against Tyron Woodley does enough for you to get a title shot again. It's only because of... Well, it's two reasons. One, because of the chat that he does and the fact that he is a draw because people don't like him, which, Mm. you know, I don't like that being given any sort of reward. However, Mm -hmm. what I would say is I re-watched the fight last night, the first fight. Mm -hmm. It really is a great fight. It really is a great fight. And I think Dana White thinks of it, rightfully so, as a really fantastic fight. And that is part of the reason why the rematch is happening. And watching the first fight last night did make me go, yeah, I can sort of see why they've given him the shot. I still think Leon deserves it more. 100%, of course he does. I don't but- think anyone would disagree with that. But as a fight fan and a casual fight fan that you might be getting together with your pals to to put a few quid in the pot and 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 get the pay-per-view. I think it's way more salacious seeing Usman Colby than Usman Leon Edwards. I want to see Usman Leon Edwards. Of course we do, because he's earned that shot. He's a yep. Brit, and he's, he's a fucking badass. But all of the hype around the hatred between Usman and Covington, you know, I mean, we, we're going to get that kind of... A, a touch of that with obviously the Masvidal Edwards fight because there's beef yeah. there and maybe they're thinking we can market that maybe more than we could have marketed Leon Edwards Usman uh, and yeah unfortunately these things do play a part in the 
the a lot of the matchups for UFC at that at that high level. I think you know they are fundamentally a business and they've got to make the fights sell themselves. And I think yep. Colby Usman too, you know. And and as you said, you've rewatched the fight. I haven't rewatched it, but I know when it was on. I remember thinking this is a cracker, and yep. uh, and I expect I expect the same fireworks this weekend. Well, I'm gonna go against that slightly and say my Ooh. opinion is that this is nowhere near as close as the first fight was. Like, firstly, credit to Colby, because he broke, he got his jaw broke in that third round, and he kept yep. going for another basically two rounds. He was finished with like a minute to go in the fifth. That's some toughness there. That that really is something special. But <clears throat> the big things to have changed since that... We've seen Colby fight Tyron Woodley in the same way that he fought a lot of people other than Usman because with Usman and Colby, their wrestling is both at such a high standard that neither of them even really shot for a takedown that whole first fight. Maybe that will change in this because they're like, oh, well, that's how the first fight went. Let me try something different. But I don't think, I think, why waste your energy? The other guy's so good at wrestling and probably avoiding takedowns and all that stuff. Why bother with the wrestling? It just wastes energy. So it's going to be a striking battle again. We've seen Colby wrestle Woodley to the ground and smother him with the cardio and all that kind of stuff and get the win. Same old Colby Covington. What we've seen since that first fight from Tyra, from Kamaru Usman is he's changed camps. He's gone from Henry Hooft at Sanford MMA over to Trevor Whitman, who exclusively trains just like Gaethje, and Rose Namajunas, both yeah. of which have very, very good striking. And what we've seen from Usman is first fight against Masvidal on like six days notice or whatever, where it was a very boring fight. There was all the foot stomps and all that stuff. But then he goes out there and beats Gilbert Burns with his striking. Then he rematches Masvidal and cleans Masvidal's clock with a huge right hand. One of the best knockouts of the year, probably. Brutal. It was a brutal knockout. He beat Masvidal with his striking, which he has been learning more under Trevor Whitman. And I think we're going to see the same Colby Covington as the first fight taking on a superior Kamaru Usman. And I think Usman gets this done in three rounds by knockout. That's that's Ooh, my prediction. Big talk I know, from Harrison. Big talk, big talk. I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm not doing a whiffing. I'm not sitting on the <sighs> fence, mate. I reckon Usman takes Colby out within three rounds. I, I, I think nice. he's, I really think his striking has improved. I think we've seen evidence of it. Look, maybe Colby has been off training for the last year or whatever since the Woodley fight and has been training with kickboxers and Muay Thai guys and really improving his stand-up. But we as fans have seen zero evidence of this. Zero evidence. Usman, on the other hand, we've seen the evidence of it against Masvidal, against Gilbert Burns. Yeah, I, I, I just think the evidence is there that, that Usman gets this done in better fashion than what he did the first fight. I might be wrong, but that's, that's I what I see. I hope you're not. Yeah. I hope you're not. Uh, there's nothing I'd like to see more than that. Um, have we got anything else we want to discuss on, on the main, or should no. we head on to the co-main? I've actually, to be fair, the co-main and then the fight after that are the ones I've got the most notes on that I'm like the, even more excited about. Because I, I've, I think I've been, le- we've been leading up to Usman Covington too for a long time, and my theory mm. has been since the move to Trevor Whitman, 
Usman's striking's improved. Colby's, we haven't seen any evidence of his striking improved. I think the wrestling will cancel each other out. So it's another striking battle. It'll be a fun fight. It'll be a good fight. But I, I just think Usman's a step above where he was. And I think Colby's the same. And, and that's where this fight will be won, is on the feet by Usman in better fashion than the first fight. That's what I think, anyway. Co-main event. Oh, yeah. We, we all love Rose, right? Yeah. Of course. You know, Thug, Thug Rose is the best. Um, I just worry a little. Even after the first fight? Yeah. Go on, g- explain explain yourself, Whiffin. I think Waylee's just f- fucking devastating. And I was watching some stuff in, in between the, the fights at the weekend, just gone. <clears throat> and they were showing some of her wins. She's a monster. Yeah. Like, you know, she throws... It is weird. There's, there's certain fighters that you watch. Joanna was like it. Uh, Nunes is like it. And Waylee's like it, that they throw shots that just look like big power shots and they just look stacked and powerful. Rose doesn't. Rose doesn't have that kind of... I'm not saying she hasn't got that power because we've seen that. Well, we've seen it when she knocked out Yuan. No joke. And the way she knocked out Zhang in the last fight. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't know how this one's going to go. I just think... Wiley's obviously. I mean, do you think that should have been stopped? Yeah. When I think, you, yeah, I haven't re I haven't rewatched it to be perfectly honest. But yeah, I, I, from my memory, yeah. I think that yeah. first fight was a good stoppage. It was an unbelievable shot from it's Rose. Incredible. That kick was incredible. Mm. Here's the thing. I'm one of my big things is I'm not a big fan of champions getting immediate rematches when they haven't been a long-reigning champion. If Usman loses to Covington, then I think he's in the he could be in for an immediate rematch because he's defended the belt like three times or whatever it is. He's been champion for a few years now. That's someone that could get an immediate rematch. If if Izzy loses the belt to Robert Whitaker next year, Izzy gets an immediate rematch. That makes perfect sense to me. But Jan Blahovic should not get an immediate rematch against Glover Teixeira. He's only defended the belt once. And I don't think Zhang Weili deserves an immediate rematch against Rose after, I think, never defending the belt and being taken out in the manner which he did with that, you know, quite a brutal head kick. Um, however, and, and just to, to also say, I think Carla Esparza probably yeah. deserved that fight more than than Zhang Wei Li because she's put together like a five fight win streak or something. She dominated Yan Janan in her last fight. Esparza and there's a great storyline there. Esparza's got a win over Rose. Yeah, that's a great storyline for everyone. Uh, it's maybe not the most exciting fight, and we know the UFC is trying to open up the kind of Asian market and maybe rival one championship over there by having uh, big stars uh, from China represent the UFC like Zhang and 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 uh, Jing Liang and, and people like that. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it, so I, I, I'm disappointed that we didn't see Esparza versus Rose in this fight. However, now that we've got this fight, I have to say it is an incredibly exciting fight. Uh, and for one of the reasons that you pointed out, Zhang hits really hard. And before the first fight, because I don't think this, if Rose pulls off another first round KO by just seeing some kind of gap in, in Zhang's armor and pulls out a head kick or a punch or something, and not so, that would be 
unbelievable. But I don't think that's going to happen again. I think Zhang's going to be a slightly different fighter. I don't think she's going to let the occasion get to her as much because she said in interviews that like she was painted as the bad guy and she was getting booed walking down and that was like a unique thing for her and she didn't know how to deal with it and all that kind of stuff. She's also been training with Henry Cejudo. So that makes me think maybe she's going to implement a bit more grappling uh, than mm-hmm. what she did last time. But the one, where my mind went before the first fight, and I think it makes sense to say it again now, is... If you look at Rose's second fight with Jessica Andrade, that felt very telling for me because Rose pieced her up for two rounds and then Jessica, who hit so hard for that weight class, was coming back really strong and Rose looked like she was struggling. And if that was a five-round fight, I think by the end of that third round, Jessica would have been a favourite to win that fight despite being 2-1 down. Because Rose looked like Rose looked like she was wilting, pun intended. Uh, and I feel like that's bad. bad <laughs> man. <laughs> um, but but I can see that with Zhang. Zhang is a much more technical striker than Rose. We saw that in the, her fight with Joanna. She was going toe to toe with Joanna, which is so hard to do from a technical point of view. And I think that with Zhang's power, she just has that X factor. Where all right, I don't think she's technically as good as Rose. I think Rose for the first two rounds could put on a bit of a clinic here but if Shang just gets one or two big strikes in in those rounds and Rose just gets wobbled ever so slightly Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just a little bit, we might see the momentum shift in the latter rounds, and that's where Zhang could come on strong. And I think we will see possibly a fight that goes into the championship rounds and into a decision. I mean, which way it's going to go, I don't know, because I think Rose is the better striker, but I think Zhang is is the more powerful striker, but still a technically good striker. And then if Zhang's training with Henry, Henry Cejudo, she might try and implement more grappling and use her strength. But Rose is great off her back with the grappling, with the jujitsu and stuff like that. So I think it's I think it's a really fascinating fight. And actually, 
as much as I was disappointed because I felt like Esparza deserved it more, I think this is a far better fight than Esparza v. Rose. And I think this will be a far better fight than the first fight between Zhang and Rose. So I'm actually really excited about it. And I, it's, it feels a bit like a coin flip to me. I would maybe lean towards Rose because she has got that first win. But this is a coin flip fight. And, and Zhang Wei Li is no joke. She hits hard. She's technically very good. And this could be a really exciting fight. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd pretty much echo what you just said there, mate. Um, I'm going to put my money on Rose. Yeah. I'm going to go with Rose. Um, but, yeah, Rose, third round. Oh, you reckon a KO? See, I would, if, I, if I had a gun to my head, I would say Rose by decision. Hmm. But... Uh, but you're going for a KO. I love it. Love it. Mm. This is going to be a great, this is going to be a great fight. I'm actually, but I've said this before. I think sometimes the UFC don't do enough of putting more female fights on their cards. But then equally, when you look at the female divisions, featherweight isn't really a division. It's just Nunes. Um, Bantamweight is, you know, it's a division. It's got plenty of contenders, but none of them can hold a candle to Nunes. Let's see what happens in the Pena fight. Valentina Shevchenko's in the same position. She seems yeah. leagues above everyone else in that flyweight division. This Straw is the weight. one. There's contenders. There's yeah. contenders. You've got Marina Rodriguez coming through. Joanna needs to come back at some point. Uh, Zhang, Esparza's put together a five-fight win streak. Yeah. There are some phenomenal fighters. We saw Amanda Hebas <sighs> do some great stuff uh, yeah. uh, the other night against Jandaroba. This is the weight class. This is this is better than a lot of the male weight classes for me. I think this is fantastic, um, and we need to see more of that. So, and I just think it's really telling as well that the excitement level for this fight is is up there with any other big fight on the card. And we're going to move on to another one of those big fights, I think, in a second. But I think it's just a brilliant thing that we're going to see a fant- a, hopefully another absolute classic in that women's strawweight division this weekend. I hope so. I hope so. It's got all the makings of it, mate. Oh, one five five. Oh, woo. Gaethje versus Chandler. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, do you think I'd this love is the, to see the fight that people are more? Are, are people, if you had to survey a hundred MMA fans. And you said, what fight? Because that's what you do regularly. Um, if that's what you, what would you, if you said to him, what fight are you most excited about? Covington Usman 2, Rose Zhang, or Gaethje Chandler? Do you think this would come out on top? Or do you think one definitely. of them? Do you reckon it would? Definitely. Yeah. Gaethje yeah. Chandler's right. the one. Um, but it depends what Gaethje turns up. You know, we've seen in, in you know, some of the recent fights, Gaethje being a bit more measured and not yeah. just biting down on the gum shield and just, yeah. you know, just brawling which he's you know which is what's made him such a fan favorite you know and he's you know we love him and i don't know i think we could see you know that that measured gaichi now you know this is yep. you know you're fighting michael chandler here there's that's a serious fight um obviously chandler's has, has got a lot to prove in the ufc uh and i think a win over gaichi would really justify the, the hype and attention that yep. he got coming into the division. Um, I don't think Chandler's got it in him to beat Gaethje. No. I Here's here's where I think, uh, you know, armchair expert Blake Harrison is uh, going to break this down for you. I think the uh, the fight 
is determined between the kind of difference in the margins of skill sets, if that makes sense, between the two fighters. So you look at the wrestling, and I would say Chandler's obviously a fantastic, phenomenal wrestler. He's known for being a great offensive wrestler. Gaethje is actually a very, very good wrestler as well. He just never really uses it. But in the Khabib fight, everyone's talking about Gaethje's a really high-level wrestler, but he uses it defensively because he likes to strike. Now, it didn't work out against Khabib because Khabib is an absolute monster. But um, I think that similar thing can play. I think you look at the wrestling credentials and skills. Chandler's a better wrestler, but is he better enough than Gaethje to keep him down, pin him down for long periods of time? I don't know that he is. Whereas when you look at the striking, Gaethje, I think, is a far superior striker than Chandler. So... If Gaethje stuffs one or two takedowns in that first round and keeps that fight standing, I think Chandler's going to be like, oh, shit, this is going to be a long night for me. Um, The one thing I would say is one of Gaethje's best weapons is the low kicks. And I think we saw Dan Hooker throw a low kick against Makachev the other night and he was on his ass quickly. I think he's got to stay away from the low kicks, which is one of his best weapons, which is a shame. Um, But I still think... He should have enough to keep the fight standing, keep it a striking battle. And in the striking battle, there's only one winner in this fight, I think, and that's that's Gaethje. He's he's just the superior striker. And as you pointed out, he has improved so much emotionally as yeah. a fighter. Fights against Alvarez and Poirier, he was going in there as the highlight. He just wanted to take two to give a big one or two. And, yeah. you know, he was happy to go out on his shield. But then he changed things up. And you saw in that Tony Ferguson fight, he was, other than the uppercut he took in that second round, he was mm. very composed. He was just touching him and touching him until he got that finish. Um, and it, I mean, shout out to Trevor Whitman. This is a yeah. busy night for Trevor Whitman. He's yeah. going Gaethje, then he's going Rose, and then he's going Usman all on the same night. This yeah. is a big night for Trevor Whitman. And let's see if that has any implications. Like, if Gaethje loses, does it affect the morale of the rest of the guys in the dressing room? Does it affect Whitman? Does it, you know, any of this stuff? How do they get through that emotionally? But if he wins three fights on the bounce, that are three huge fights, two title fights, and one arguably number one contender fight in Gaethje and Chandler. Definitely. Definitely. God, that's some that's some night for Trevor Whitman. Um, but yeah. And- I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Chandler's hands, though. Like, I do think, you know, he's got legit knockout power. He does have knockout power, but is he technically good enough to land it against a superior striker in Gaethje? That's what we'll find out. And also, Gaethje can take a fucking hit as well. He's not, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's not Dan Hooker. Uh, oh, well, actually, that's that's wrong with say Dan Hooker takes a huge punch as well. But Dan Hooker obviously got laid out with one strike from Chandler. I don't think that happens with Gaethje. Yeah. Um, and oh, so, so, someone seems to be falling out of love with Dan Hooker. No, don't do that. Don't don't break my heart like that. I love you, Dan. <laughs> I love you. Dan. Jingles on its way. Jingles on its way. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's it. I think it's a. I think we're going to see a KO or TKO victory for Gaethje. That's that's where I would go. I don't know what round. I don't know how quickly, but I think he he has improved a lot uh, since those kind of Alvarez and Poirier losses. And uh, and I think Gaethje wins. And if he does win, I think that's him next in 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 line for a, a title shot. A Gaethje win means he fights the winner, in my opinion, of Poirier Oliveira, which takes place, I think, on December eleventh. Uh, where does that leave Chandler? Well, I don't know. I mean, if Chandler wins, 
if Chan- we discussed this the other day, if Chandler and Oliveira both win, I don't think they rebook that fight. So Chandler's going to have to do another one or two fights. Maybe Benil Dariush, maybe the maybe Poirier if Poirier loses, yeah. something like that. He'll have to get another win before he gets top shot. I think if Poirier wins and Chandler wins, oh, then it's a conversation. Then it might happen. Can he talk enough on the mic to keep ahead of Makachev? Maybe. Maybe he's in for a shot there. Uh, but if, if Chandler loses, then I don't know. Maybe he fights Makachev. He's always said he wanted to fight Khabib and stuff. Makachev's the next best thing. I mean, that would be a phenomenal fight, seeing those yeah. two go together. To be honest, that would be... If, if Chandler loses, throw him in with Makachev at some point. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you want to move? What other fights? Yeah, I'm. I'm just looking. Um, so there's Edgar Marlon Vera, which I'm like, I'm not overly bothered about. I feel a bit sorry for Frankie Edgar. I kind of feel like I wanted to see him fight Dominic Cruz. I think he's been knocked out by Sandhagen recently. He doesn't have like, I don't think his recent record has, has like great reading in terms of like the amount of damage that Frankie Edgar's taken of late. You look like KO'd by. Ortega, all right, he beat Cub Swanson, but then he's had a five-round fight against Holloway. That never leaves you feeling good. Uh, a TKO <laughs> loss to Korean Zombie in the first round. Then he won a fight by split decision against Munoz, which I actually remember thinking that Munoz beat him. So I think he lost that fight, but somehow got the judge's decision. Um, and then there's Sandhagen's flying knee. I mean, yeah, that that that's gonna take a little bit of recovery. Yeah, it, it worries me. Really worries me in terms of like his long term health and and how he's doing with that. Because I mean, he's got he's forty now, I think, Frankie Edgar. So I I think you know not everyone can do a Glover to Shera, and uh, I think uh, I think it's maybe better that he he just fights in you know a legend or two before possibly hanging him up. I mean. Marlon Vera, I don't think no one's going to be like, wow, Frankie beat Marlon Vera. Let's, you know, let's give him a number one contender fight at Bantamweight. Frankie's back. And I, if- I mean, Frankie must just want to fight. Yeah. Because they're, they're, as you say, that you know, there's nothing really to gain by a win here. You know, he's, he's you know, he, uh, I don't think Vera's ranked above Frankie. Um, no, I don't so think he is. I'm, I'm not too sure other than Frankie just wanting to be active and wanting to keep fighting what the benefits of this fight are. I don't know. Like you say, I'd rather see some kind of legends insofar as, you know, maybe him and Cruz, you know, would love to see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's always great to watch Frankie Edgar fight. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, I hope that, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him get a win because yeah, that Sandhagen loss was, was quite unpleasant. It was, yeah. Um, I would say that I don't think... I don't think Marlon Vera has beaten anyone of Frankie Edgar's level. And I don't think Frankie has lost to anyone of Marlon Vera's level, if that makes sense. Um, So I think this is Marlon's toughest fight. And I think that if Frankie's been beaten by top guys, he's been beaten by Holloway, Korean Zombie, uh, Ortega, Sandhagen. Like these are top, top, top guys. Mm. And a lot of which in the division above where he is now. So mm. he's not lost to anyone as low down the pecking order as a Marlon Vera. So he, he still could you, be a very competitive fight. But if he loses this, I, I really am concerned about him. And you, you do wonder, like, um, just going through uh, 
Vera's. Yeah, so it was um, it was Vera, wasn't it, that, that ended Brad's career um, uh, at the O2, wasn't it? I'm sure. Yes, yeah, it, it was. It, 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 yeah. it, it was. Um, and I know when uh, I, I spoke to Brad, I think, on a different podcast, he said, you know... All right, he'd been, other podcasts. He'd been... Right, fair enough. <laughs> I see. I see what you're doing there. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it was. It, he said, like, when he got the first time he got knocked out, I can't remember who it was by. He said it just changed his whole fight style. You know, all of a sudden, as he was getting older, he yeah. started to sort of not have that confidence that you mentioned with that Gaethje of like throw two, you know, to, yeah. eat two, to you know, to get one off. Uh, and obviously, you know, that's not necessarily Frankie's style. But, you know, when you have had such brutal finishes like that Sandagon one, yeah. that's got to you know, find its way into your fight IQ and your approach to fighting. You're yep. going to be aware that, you know, boom, the lights can go out as quick as that. And so, yeah, I, I wonder what, what Frankie's mindset's going to be in there. Maybe he wanted this fight with Vera because he thinks this could be a, you know, a, a win for him and it could yep. kind of get him, you know, back to where he wants to be, you know, in his head. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Frankie Edgar always puts on a good scrap. So yeah, let's, uh, let's hope it's a good one. Um, I, I, what do you want to discuss next? Because I'm I'm quite keen. I, I think that what has the makings of a good fight is Aoi Quinta versus Bobby Green. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, I think that is a sleeper fight of the night. I mean, we've got some incredible... I think Gaethje Chandler, Usman Covington, Rose Zhang, they're the higher profile fights. And because they could be very competitive fights, one of them will probably get that fight of the night award. However... Yeah. What you've just said is exactly right. That is a sleeper for fight of the night. Mm. Ally Quinta Bobby Green could be amazing. Al always brings it. I don't think he's fought for about two years, though, Ally Quinta. Um, he's doing his real estate stuff out in, in like, New York somewhere. Um, but, uh, but Bobby Green as well. You look at that Bobby Green fight with uh, Fiziev uh, that we had recently. That was a cracking fight, and Fiziev won the first two rounds, but Bobby Green came on strong in that third round, and it was another one where you go, Oh man, he had a bit left in the tank. If he'd have pushed things a bit sooner, that result could have been different because Bobby Green won that third round quite convincingly, from what I remember. Um, so yeah, so, this is just a really, really great fight between two people that you know are just going to give everything in there, and I think it'll be a really good stand-up fight as well. He's not fought since 2019 um, when he lost to Hooker. Um, before that, he lost to Cerrone. And before that, he had a win over Kevin Lee. Since yeah. then, he's uh, he lost a grappling bat uh, in submission underground against Mike Perry. Well, there you um, go. So, uh, so that's what he was doing in 2020, um, rolling around the floor with uh, <laughs> with Mike Perry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, he's never he's never ducked a good fight. Uh, Our no. Quinter obviously stepped in. Um, he did step in last minute, didn't he, against Khabib? Yeah. If I remember rightly. Khabib's um, like, this is real gangster. Real New York gangster. Um, yeah, no, he, uh, yeah. Not so good as your New York accent, that one, mate. How dare you? Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, wins over Masvidal, wins over Diego Sanchez, yeah. Joe Lozon, Ross Pearson. Like, he's a beast, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm... Uh, it, I'm always... And again, I just... Whenever he fights... In between rounds, get that camera in his corner and get that mic turned on because I want to hear. 
I want to hear. I oh, want to hear yeah. Sarah. Like you know, it's going to be good. That's New York, mate. There's your accent. Yes, that. <laughs> is it Ray Ray Longo's the other one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. God, yeah, so good. So that'll be really good fun. I mean, he's fighting in his hometown as well in in Madison Square Garden. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that'll be if that's on the prelims. Uh, or if it's opening the main card, tune in for that one. That should be a great fight to either start the main card or or wrap up the That's prelims. That's on the prelims. It is. That's on the uh, prelims. It's not wrapping up the prelims either. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, there, there there is a fight above that, um, which I'm not up to speed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Too much uh, uh, about which is um, oh, I ain't even going to attempt to pronounce that. Alex Pereira <laughs> uh, versus Andreas uh, M- Michalidis. Oh, well, the, the Alex Pereira thing. I've not really got any notes on this fight at all. But I think Alex mm. Pereira, if this is the middleweight guy, I think it he is, yeah. is like a really um, accomplished kickboxer. He's won multiple like world titles, I think, and he's got a win as a kickboxer over Israel Adesanya. So. Ah. That could be uh, uh, one to watch just to go, oh, could this guy shoot his way up the uh, middleweight rankings quickly and get, get a match against Adesanya? It could be very, very interesting. Um, the thing we should talk about, the thing we need to talk about, someone who could be the star of the show at the end of it, Ian the Future Gary, former guest of our show, makes his UFC debut in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Absolutely mental. Is that big enough for Ian Gary? Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's absolutely mental, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, so pleased for him. What a brilliant for He's made for arenas like that, mate. Absolutely. And the people there will have no idea what's hit them. Like, if the Irish fans in New York are out in force, I hope they're really there for Ian Mm. Gary. Um, I think the UFC are aware that they've got a potential star on their hands. I think mm. it's going to be so interesting to see if anything's changed with Ian in terms of like he's now in Florida, he's working under Henry Hooft at Sanford MMA, he's working probably with beasts on a daily basis like your, your Vincente Luque's and Gilbert Burns and, and people like that, Derek Brunson's of the world. So uh, this could be really amazing thing for Ian Gary in terms of his development and it'd be really interesting to see. I think the UFC have matched him up with an eye to pushing him um not 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 quickly but giving him the right kind of treatment going forward jordan williams is on a two fight losing streak mm-hmm. um the one thing i suppose I, I just also point out as well jordan williams had three cracks at the contender series before making it into the ufc he has a 9 and 5 record he is the type of guy if ian gary is the future he should be dispatching Jordan Williams with relative ease, I think. The only thing you've got to say about Jordan Williams and the position he's in, he's on a two-fight losing streak. He's probably only got one fight left on his contract. Yeah, He's fighting for his UFC survival here. And we've seen people like 
Molly McCann and Jai Herbert of late on two fight losing streaks and staring down the barrel of being cut from the UFC and they pull out incredible performances. So he needs to be sharp. He needs to be careful. Jordan Williams is probably going to go into this guy and I've got nothing to lose. Balls to the wall and just go for it. So he's going to have to be careful, but he will be by far, I would imagine, the betting favorite in this fight and rightfully so. So good luck to Ian Gary. Hope he does the business. Oh, you know what? You know, when we, it's so nice that obviously we had such a, if people have never listened to our uh, episode with Ian Gary, I know it's one of your personal faves. Oh, I love like, it. it's such a cracker. He sung mean, Grease that... Lightning in the middle of the interview. <laughs> like, this guy's amazing. Um, yeah, he's, you know, we then got to go and see him um, take the Cage Warriors title. Uh, and then, you know, the future's the future's bright for the future um and yeah he's he's a legit legit beast seven and oh and i think madison square garden for your ufc debut I, I think we're gonna hopefully see another entrance into the ufc that we saw when paddy made that that debut uh, yeah. And I hope we do. I hope we see something very similar to what Paddy does. We see Ian Gary get a spectacular finish and then get on that mic and just, yeah, introduce himself to the world because, yeah, I think he's got plenty to say and so far he's backed it all up and uh, and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So good luck to Ian Gary. Um, there are a couple of other interesting potential small things to, to mention about this card. I don't know if you've got anything more you wanted to say, but but Shane Burgos is taking on Billy Quarantio. Billy Quarantio uh-huh. um, and we saw Shane Burgos in his last fight have that really kind of like concerning knockout loss uh, where Edson Barbosa caught him with a big shot. Mm. And he had that moment where he was kind of stood in front of him for like what so seemed like weird. a couple of seconds. And then he just slowly sort of collapsed backwards. So it'd be interesting to see if Shane Burgos comes back on good form. I hope he's healthy and I hope he's okay. Um, Because I don't think it was that long ago, was it? It doesn't feel like that long ago, that fight. So I I hope he's had enough time to recover. Probably the the weirdest knockout I've ever seen. Uh, Yeah, that was a strange one. So, yeah, I'm hoping that everything's okay. He's obviously been medically cleared to fight, but... That was such a concerning knockout that you're like, God, mate, I hope you're all right. So best of luck, Shane Burgos. I hope he does all right, uh, and I hope he's nice and healthy. And Billy Quantillo is a fun fighter as well. I've seen him fight a few times. He's a good game fighter, so we could be in for a good scrap there. And then the other one that I wanted to briefly mention is Edmund Shabazian against Nasadine Imavov. Um, I'd be lying if I said I, I knew a lot about Imavov, but I think this is a really interesting one for Shabazian. This is like a crossroads fight for him. You know, people were really excited about him as a young prospect. Pro- young prospect. He's still only, I think, 23 or 24 years old. So he's, got, he's really, really young. He was pushed up the middleweight rankings really, really quickly at a very young age. He's fallen short against people like Jack Amanson and Derek Brunson. No shame in that. Both of them are fantastic, good grapplers. And we've seen... Is it, is it three losses in your app? I don't think so, because he's so young. He's so young and he's so promising. And also, other than the losses he's had to Hermanson and Brunson, and again, they're not like, he's not losing to unranked fighters. He's losing to guys that are in like, Brunson's now like fighting Jared Cadenier to be the number one contender. Yeah. And uh, and Hermanson was probably about a, a top five or seven guy when he yeah, fought definitely. him. So no shame in those losses. At and all. He, he was 10-0 and when, when he stepped in against Brunson. No, was he? 
10 and 0? He might have been. He might have been, yeah. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. So there you go. So, so I mean, that's the thing. Before he fought those guys, he was undefeated and he has loads of first round finishes as well. You know Dana White and the UFC love that. If you come in there yeah. and get first round knockouts and first round submissions, you get the attention of the big guys at UFC. And that's why he was pushed up the ranking so quick. Because people thought, Jesus, this guy's a beast. He's knocking people out in the first round. Um, and now he's just fought guys that have got that. Clearly, his grappling needs work. But again, he's only like 24 years old. That will come. He needs time. And Nasadin Imavov, uh, again, I don't know a huge amount about him, but let's see what he can do against him. And let's see if he's improved his grappling. Let's see if he can uh, get back in the wing column. But I think there's no harm in taking a guy like um, like Shabazian and giving them more of the Sean O'Malley treatment and going, look, you're only yeah. 23, 24 years old. I know it's the UFC and I know the best are fighting the best and that's what we love about the sport. But sometimes when you get these guys that are so young, there's no harm in giving them one or two extra fights where you go, look, you're expected to win this one. Just just yeah. build up you, yourself a bit, you know. And then when you hit your kind of later 20s, we can throw you in with the Wolves. Um, but... This was clearly a step too far to fight Brunson and then Hermanson was, was clearly a step too far for him. He's super yeah. young, but really talented and could be a really, really good guy and still has probably got a very bright future in MMA. He just needs to sort that grappling out a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, so this is a really interesting kind of crossroads fight. Keep your eyes on this one just to see, I don't know, where does Shabazian's career goes? Because if he does lose this fight, then he probably will be fighting completely unknown, unranked guys. And if he then loses that one, then maybe he will be looking at going to Bellator or PFL or yeah. or somewhere like that. And he might have to work his way back to the UFC through another organization if he wants to. Well, it's a stacked card. I feel like we're being spoiled at the moment mm -hmm. by uh, by the UFC and I'm, I'm super hyped for it. Um, and the week after is it? Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Oh, I don't know the other fights mate. on that card, but that does enough for me. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, where are you watching it? Is that going to be uh, an early doors? Are you going to get up for it or are you going to uh, have a little uh, early Sunday morning watch? Well, it depends what time it is because it's my last night doing the play on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is going to be... Um, that's going to be like tricky because we're all going to want to go out and grab drinks and do all that stuff last night, you know. And that's the weird thing with my job is you develop these really strong bonds with the people you're working with and then you don't see them again. It's such a weird, it is a weird job, the acting thing, whether mm. you're on TV or stage or whatever it is. You become really, really good mates with these people over the course of a couple of months, three months, whatever it is. And then you just don't really see them unless you work together again. It's a very strange thing with our industry. Um so you want to go out and have a big night and have some drinks and enjoy yourself. Uh, but we're, we've actually got tickets to take the kids to see uh, Frozen 2 on... No, not Frozen 2. Frozen, the musical, on uh, on Sunday. So we'll be doing that. So I don't know when I'm going to get it in. I don't know if it's going to be a case of like getting home late and throwing it straight on or if it will have started by the time I'm out and I'll have to record it and try and watch it. But I won't necessarily be able to watch it before going to the theatre to take the kids to see Frozen. So I don't know when I'm going to get to watch it. So... I'm going to have to try and stay off social media if I don't get to watch it until like Sunday evening or something like that. Cool. You don't want to go for the have a few drinks and then go home and, and try and see it through till the early hours. You'll be falling asleep at Frozen, mate. It's more for the kids though, isn't it? 
<laughs> I mean, you wouldn't know it from the ticket prices, I can tell you, but bit of kids, isn't it? Daddy, have a little oh, snooze. Oh, dear. Right, um, we are out of here. Um, if this is your first time listening, I uh, always like to get this little shout out in at the end. Um, normally, we have guests on. Sometimes, obviously, it's just, it's just Blake and I doing some sort of pre and post stuff. A lot of the pre and post fight stuff, we do generally pull in uh, Scroobius Pip uh, and Brian Lacey, uh, who are our kind of, uh, our, what, what would we refer to them to? Teammates. Teammates? Teammates? What would you call them? Don't know. Uh, Lads that, some kind of, uh, lads that come around for a chat every now and again? Oh, yes, just do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of want a bit more of a you want, something that's got a bit more kind of punch to it. All right, we'll have, like, we'll have a think about it. Comrades, is it? Going very Russian. <laughs> Are we not? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, when we haven't got those lads on, um, Blake and I just uh, steam into it ourselves. Um, however, what we do like to do is chat to fighters and referees and... Uh, people you might recognise uh, from the telly uh, or from the world of music. Uh, so we do some fight or flight episodes, so you can go and check them out. We've done them with James Arthur, Lee Mack, Thomas Turgus. Um, uh, who else have we Laura Checkley, Laura Emily Head from Emily the, in- the Inbetweeners. Um, and uh, obviously we had a really interesting interview with Stephen Dorff about MMA yes. and about his movie Embattled at the time. Um and obviously, there's the great interviews that we've had with all those great fighters like Urien Garys, like Lerone Murphy, like uh, Paddy Pimblett, Molly McCann, Paul Craig, Tyron Woodley, Kenny Florian, Arnold Allen. God, there's so many to pick. Alexander Volkanovsky. Oh, Alexander Volkanovsky. How can we forget the chirp? Um, <laughs> the chirp. Uh, yeah, just so, so, so many great interviews with really uh, great fighters. And again, they're not a lot of them are not time sensitive. If you go back and listen to some of the early interviews, dude, like Brad Pickett was one of them. It's one of the mm. first interviews we did with the fighter. Um, and it's all about their careers and what motivates them. And I think as, as, as listeners, you can go back and listen to any of these interviews from whether they're a few months old or last week's episode or whatever it is like Dan Hardy interview and stuff oh, like that, where, brilliant. you know, just pick a name that you like and you can hear all about their training, how they dealt with weight cuts, how they deal with, you know, the negative impacts of things in life, like like social media or or just mm. coming up against adversity in life. And hopefully you can take some inspiration from that. We had really in-depth chat with Paddy Pimblett about mental health and, and, mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's there's a hell of a lot to be found from these, not just from a kind of MMA fan fighter perspective, but just also as like kind of inspirational stories from people to help you kind of hopefully be inspired a bit with your day and get over some negativity. If you've got any of that in your life, it's, it's hopefully some, some nice stuff that we're able to do with these fighters. If you want to hear some really inspirational, crazy madness, JJ Wilson's a good one oh to go my and God, listen I didn't to as JJ. well. <laughs> Jesus, that was an amazing, I mean, God, like was involved in an armed robbery, got shot, uh, took the armed robber down. The guy can hold his breath for four minutes underwater because <laughs> he deep sea dives, <laughs> fucking Aquaman. And, uh, well, there was something else in there as well. It's just like, I don't know. And he, at the time of, I think he's still undefeated in, in MMA. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he had a weight miss recently and he might have to move he did. up a weight class, which is a shame because he was looking like he was one of the number mm. one guys in, Bell- in Bellator, like probably not far off fighting AJ McKee for the belt. Uh, and he had a weight miss, which is a real shame. But um, so he might be moving up to 155. But a fantastic interview, that one. That was a, a cracker. So, yeah, check all that stuff out. Absolutely. And we're on all the social media platforms. 
What ones are we on? And Blake, can you do that in a New York accent, please? Oh, God, you put me on the spot now. Uh, New York. All right. So, guys, we're on the socials. We're on, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going slightly Boston here, but I, I think I've gone Boston. I've, done, I've totally gone Boston now. I'm like Ted, Ted the, the, the kid, or Peter Griffin. Yay. Um, so I can't, I can't stick with it. I need, I need time. You can't just put me on the spot. All right? That was great. I need time. Uh, he's gone from New York to Boston in like two seconds. Um, oh, but, yeah, we're on Twitter. Back to, uh, we're back on to Instagram. London. And uh, and we're on the YouTubes, the YouTubes. We are, we are. Go and watch. Um, if you've not heard this before, we, we always like to say go and watch um, our interview with Tyron Woodley because uh, he's driving his car with no shirt off in space. No shirt and off. If that sounds you weird. Mean no shirt on. <laughs> no shirt. Did I say with his shirt off? He yes, said with sorry. no shirt off. What? Somebody's wearing a shirt. Yep, just standard guy just wearing a shirt. Go watch it. You've never seen anyone wear a shirt before in an interview. Uh, no, he's uh, he's gone skins, and uh, yep, he's driving a car in space, and that's not an exaggeration. Go check that. If you just search the MMA Fan Podcast on YouTube, you will be able to find it. Blake Harrison, I'm out of here. All right, mate. Bye. Bye.